0: Angles fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense
1: for
2: the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life.
3: <laughs> he was he was football twenty four seven and that was
4: the greatest part of, of Chad. Times the times the uh, early part I would tell him when he were throwing deep passes I said don't wait too long you know because I'm gonna get away if you ain't gonna have the
1: arm to get there so you know they, I want to run to the ball you know well it looks
5: like duke's in the waiting room I don't want to keep duke waiting he gave us uh, a very limited amount of time I know he's a busy busy man Duke what's going on big dog hey buddy?
2: Jim how are you man thanks for having me on yeah hey. I'm real busy I'm sitting on my porch
5: yeah well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i have a little drink going on there.
2: Yet. You know, Joe Burrow
6: has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him
2: all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't.
5: Welcome, everybody, to the 93rd episode of Talking uh, Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. We're almost at our 100th episode, guys. This is crazy. Big night tonight. Uh, Guys, if you guys remember the Super Bowl special, Super Bowl 16 special uh, that we did a few years ago, we popped up seven or eight guys on the screen and had the best time. Well, tonight is the 2005 AFC North champion Champion reunion show tonight. We've got six or seven guys in the waiting room right now waiting on a couple more guys to, to pop in the waiting room. So, uh, James, uh, pre- hey, this is a big night tonight, man. Is, there's so many fans. There was 15 years stretched from 90 to, to 2005 that this team wasn't very good. It was hard, man. And with it, this, this 05 team started a whole new generation of Bengal fans, guys. James, it, it, a lot of younger fans, this is when they became fans of this team, this 2005 team.
7: No doubt about it. 2005 was a a special year. Certainly didn't end the way we wanted, but excitement all season. And as you alluded to, Jim, so many new fans came on board in in 2005, still here and looking forward to tonight's episode. Those that watched the the Super Bowl special we did um, last year, man, it was just a a fun night to see the interaction between these guys. When we pull these guys on tonight, the first time they've seen each other in in years and years, Five, six, seven, ten 10 plus years. So it's going to be exciting for them. It's going to be exciting for us uh, Be in the show by the fans for the fans. If you have questions for um, any of the gentlemen, they're going to be on here in a little bit, please type them up. We'll do our best to uh, get those on there and, and look forward to um, to the show. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Willie. Willie was a lot of the, the legs behind this, getting all of these uh, gentlemen on here. So uh, as always, thanks yep. to Willie for all he does. Yep
5: um i, I just real quick before we start pulling everybody on um so so basically what we're going to do here we're going to pull everybody on individually we'll have a the group of guys on here look it, it's this is a live show okay so just like we did for that super bowl 16 special they're they're we're going to be as efficient as we possibly can with this jamie's going to be in the background kind of producing to make sure that when somebody's talking they go full screen the whole nine yards that way we're not talking over each other but guys we appreciate everybody uh being here with us tonight we're gonna get a ton of folks in the in the uh, chat area right now so uh i don't think we want to wait too much longer do we want to go ahead and just start pulling them on do it let's go we're going to have to remove ourselves from the screen here there we go got shane b mm-hmm. willie so we got we, we still got some people dialing in but we're going to pull willie on last so i don't know I'm sure everybody, unless you've been hiding under a rock, man. Willie, uh, just announced by the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, our new Ring of Honor uh, 2022 inductee, Willie Anderson. Congratulations, Willie.
8: What's up, guys?
4: What's going on, man? <laughs> What's well, going on? Still,
8: still wearing the jerseys, you know what I mean? <laughs> it still fits. Mind it hey. tomorrow. I finally, yeah. I finally got back down to my high school weight now, so uh, you know my my jury was loose as hell now. <laughs> I can breathe a little, not beat
5: <laughs> All right, let let me do this real quick, guys, and, and and as some of the other guys pop in here, we'll we'll bring them on the screen here. But just everybody that's watching right now, so you know the, the 2005 Cincinnati Bengals season was the 36th uh, season and, uh, in, in uh, for the Bengals in the NFL. um, It was the first season. And with a winning record, a playoff berth, and a divisional title since two, uh, t- since 1990. Fifteen years Bengal fans waited for this. Um, the Bengals established a new home season uh, attendance record that year. Um, the defense I mean, gave up a lot of yards, but, man, they were opportunistic. They led the NFL in turnovers with 44, uh, and Delta O'Neill led the NFL in interceptions that year. Uh, the offense was ranked sixth in the NFL at the end of the year. And the Bengals punter, Kyle Larson, we were talking about prior to coming on the show, kicked the longest punt in the NFL in 2005 of 75 yards. And I'll never forget, because I was at this game December 18th, 2005. The entire city of Cincinnati drove up 75 north to watch the Bengals beat up the Detroit Lions to clinch their first playoff spot in 15 years. And I'll tell you guys, you know, one of the most fun teams we've ever watched in the Cincinnati Bengals uniforms and I would tell you, we talk about you guys a lot because we think you guys are the top five team in the Cincinnati Bengals history uh, in, in this organization. 11-5, um, and five, the ASC North champions on the screen here, guys, man. Welcome to the show, guys.
1: Appreciate Thank you, you
5: Thank having me. All right, so let's just kick this off. This is very informal. We're going to freestyle. You guys talk about whatever you want, but I'm going to give us a little bit of a track to run on. I'm going to play – Uh, that that play a couple videos we can talk about. So before the season started, the expectations were pretty high. Uh, Marvin hadn't done very well with opening day games on the road or at home. But that year, you started started the season out against the city up north. That's what we call the Cleveland Browns, the city up north. And we're going to play this video. And when we come back from this video, let's talk about this.
6: Carson Palmer, the Bengals' offense, then took control, rolling off 17 unanswered points. Palmer finished 26 of 34 for 280 yards. He tossed touchdowns to Kevin Walter. And Jeremy Johnson. As the Bengals open to 27 to 10 third quarter lead. In the second half, Cincinnati's young defense kept Dilfer in check with interceptions from rookie Odell Thurman. And second-year cornerback, Kiwan Ratliff, to spoil the head coaching debut of Romeo Crennel. A 27-13 Week 1 win relieves Marvin Lewis of his opening day blues as the Bengals seek to parlay their fast start. So
5: Week 1, you guys beat up on the Brownies, 27-13. Tell me you guys remember that
2: game. Oh, yeah. I
1: do. yeah go, go, I do.
2: Go, go, go ahead, Richie. Well, what I liked about that season was it uh, gave the offensive line a lot more um, responsibility. We'd always get the line of scrimmage with two plays on every situation by counting people in the box or certain safeties coming up in the box. We'd either run the ball or pass the ball, and Carson came out, and we gave him time and did a great job. That's why we won the game. Brian?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, you showed a clip with Odell and uh, – you know, that's what that defense did. Like you said, we gave up some yardage, uh, but when it came t- down to it, we could turn guys over and we got after the passer pretty good. And, and that was consistent for the whole year. And uh, and that is how we won a lot of football games on defense, helping to give our explosive offense extra possessions.
5: Levi, give, give, give us our thoughts on that game. You remember that game opening down? That was a big, big game for you guys
9: yeah I, I just remember it setting a tone um we had to stay ready on offense when we came to the sideline after we scored or whatever we did I mean that young uh defense and explosive defense like they they kept us on the uh, on 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 our on our heels like we could not take rest because we knew that either delta or Odell or one of those guys were big playmakers and were going to get us an interception and we'd be right back out there. And that kind of set the tone for the whole year get yeah, going on
5: or so in week two you guys went uh, you guys uh, played Minnesota just destroyed Minnesota 37 to eight you guys had seven turnovers on defense that game seven um, and then week three I'm gonna play this video then we're gonna have some more conversation then week three you get six more turnovers. Uh, against the chicago bears check this video clip out it's not the greatest uh, quality but check this clip
10: only edwards in the backfield and orton right to work and that's dropped and intercepted on the deflection and picked off brian simmons he loses the ball vacuumed in by odell thurman here comes the rookie from georgia getting a block and tackled by mark edwards at the 17-yard line 10 for cincinnati homer and he find Johnson in the end zone for a touchdown a quick strike in 18 yard there's offense (laughs) on the 13 yard line first and 10 and Orton going deep and looking for Muhammad intercepted for a fourth time this time it's picked off Palmer with the hesitation looking for Henry and he's got him for a touchdown chris henry's first career nfl touchdown and palmer wide open chad
8: johnson and- hey, hey jim i say something i say something funny here uh for shane and jt this is season john thornton starts screaming in the, in the <laughs> locker room to the to the press the defense plays on this team too.
10: <laughs> uh, hey, hey, man! You know we, we
8: watch the defense plays, plays
11: on this team too. Yeah, man. You know <laughs> you what's know, funny with with just seeing those clips, man? It was, um, you know, just just from being around that year, and we we were good previous years. I think 03 kind of started it. Like we we were eight and six at one point, and just didn't finish. I think the maturity hurt us. But '05, I think things started to come together, and like you said, Willie, the defense. We we got so many turnovers earlier in the season that it gave us confidence, and, and we did give up a lot of yards, especially down the stretch, um, and a lot of points. But the the turnovers helped our offense, which was light light years, you know, ahead of our defense, just because they were just super talented. Just seeing these videos, but, um, that was probably the perfect mix of of a you know a you know, a defense that gets so many turnovers with, you know, offense that just had a tremendous amount of talent. I mean, we, we haven't seen all all the guys make plays yet on these videos, but we, we had so much talent on that team. We, we didn't even know it. I mean, just looking back at it, like, I'm just thinking of it now, like we were just super talented and it all didn't
12: come together at that point, but that,
11: that, that was a really fun team. Yeah. One thing
12: I, I remember about that team was we had a lot of turnovers or, or we're on the receiving end of a lot of turnovers, but we had a lot of injuries late in the season in our secondary. And I think that really hurt us in the long run that year for, for the powerful offense that we had and the points we were able to put up. I think it just made it difficult at the end when, when you're, you're putting guys in that hadn't been there all year and they're actually in big roles. Yep.
5: Hey, Hey, Hey B let me, Brian, let me answer this question, man. I mean, you guys had six turnovers that game against the, against the bears. Uh, it looked like you had that interception. Um, I know you purposely put it on the ground for Odell, right? But uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Always, <laughs> a good team always trying to get an assist. Um, you know what's crazy is that year we played the the, the NFC North, um, and every game except for Detroit, we had five interceptions against each team. And against Detroit, we had three. So we had a total of eighteen interceptions against those guys, uh, which was crazy. And, uh, and we were a middle-of-pack defense. I think we were ranked like 22 or something like that. And if you're going to overcome that, you you got to be special in one category. And, and we were. And it was good to have, you know, Delta out there. And and then Odell Thurman, who, you know, played 100 miles per hour, you know, sometimes he was going the wrong way, but he was still going 100 miles per hour and just the <laughs> energy that he brought to the defense. You know, a guy like me going in, I was in year eight. It was good to get some of that, some of that energy that he injected. Um, and and then he kind of gave me a little youth also playing beside a guy like that.
8: Yeah, I mean he was he was special, man. He was special.
1: Yeah, Jim uh, R-
8: Jim Jim Richie Richie B Sims and I, we sat on those sidelines for previous years. You know that, that was my tenth season. We sat on, on, on those sidelines a lot of years, wishing I know I did for a defense like that. You know what I mean that to, to, you know we because playing playing the AFC North you playing against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And you constantly playing against teams like that year to year to year to, you know, and um and Levi and even Levi and I we, we always say like hey man, you know, it feels good to play you know for, for the first time, you know, when Marvin got there in O three through that O five season, to play with guys like that, you know, to bring in a John Thornton and, and guys like that and, and B. Simmons and, and, and um Odell and the rest of the crew. We just we just never had those kind of playmakers. And for an offensive lineman, to be able to have the ball back that many times and to be able to be in the fourth quarter, and at least i tell you this, and not be um, pass blocking, you know, one-on-one pass blocking (laughs) at the end of games for the first time in our career, man, was was a fun time just for that alone, you know. Hey, uh, Brian, Brian, you mentioned um, –
7: excuse me, Shane, you mentioned injuries. Brian, you've touched on Odell um, Thurman. The number one draft pick that year, uh, David Pollock out of Georgia, didn't – Did make it, you know, unfortunately, his NFL career ended early. Can you touch on, uh, you know, what you got to see from David before the injuries and losing him, you know, what impact that had on the team as well? Yeah, it was, I mean, everybody, I think,
1: knew once we drafted David by him being a true, uh, uh, you know, down defensive end in college that it was going to be a little bit of transition for David. Um, They switched him. They kind of started playing him at strong side backer. So we knew it was going to be a transition, but a guy like David, you understood what you was going to get out of him every game, and he was going to play hard, and that's the one thing that he did at Georgia. And when we got him, he did the same thing. And uh, so so you understood what you were going to get out of him from an effort standpoint, and he did have the ability to rush the passer, but like you said, it was just unfortunate um, with the injury of him breaking his neck and his career uh, being short.
5: I'm going to go ahead and pull on another part of our our team here. His name's Tom Justin. He's kind of our our Bengal historian. I know we had a few questions you wanted to throw by. I'm going to pull Tom
0: on here now. Thanks, guys. Um, Rich, being the center on that team, we've had other Bengal, you know, vets on here, particularly Joe Walters and Anthony Munoz, talk about the importance of communication on the offensive line. Uh, There in 2005, you guys, it seemed like you could do anything – you wanted on offense. Some of that, so much of that, had to do with the offensive line. You, know, you yourself, I always thought you're one of the greats in Bengals history. I think you were not appreciated enough by the press, and therefore a little bit than by us, the fans. But uh, I mean, you were making big holes for Rudy up the middle. You were making sure nobody pushed the pocket on on Carson. What was the communication like on that line? I mean, I we've got veterans telling us that. They didn't even call signals. They just knew how the, you guys would look at each other or nod or roll your eyes. They didn't even have to communicate.
2: Did it get to that point in 2005? Oh, it did. The communication level was uh, incredible. You know, we worked with each other for quite a few years. And uh, once we'd go out there, we we knew what we had to do. And really, we were surrounded with greatness, receivers, backs. I mean, you give us all those tools. And uh, we were able to get it done up front. The communication was great. We always knew what we we're doing. And, you know, we we're successful at it. Chuck, Richie's being modest. Let's
8: stop this. He is being <laughs> very modest. <laughs>
2: leave, leave, I would tell you this.
8: Richie, Richie, allowed, Richie, Richie allowed me to go to sleep in meetings. You know what I mean? If, if, Richie, if Richie was fine, if Richie was fine on, on Wednesday, game plan, everybody, the whole team was comfortable. Carson's first two years, Richie called all the the um the, the quarterback calls, the center calls. He did everything. Like, um, I played with Richie for what uh what Richie, 12 years? No, eleven years. Eleven you years. You know what I mean? And and it made I'm gonna be honest with it made me lazy mentally because he took care of everything. And you can kind of see what happened when he got hurt in 06. Uh our offense kind of, you know, went went haywire for about eight or nine games because We relied on one person for freaking 12, 13 years, man, to to really man that position. And like I say, we all know he's so underrated. He's he's so underappreciated. And these things don't happen. The offense
12: don't take off
8: if Richie Brown wasn't playing center for the Bengals. Yeah,
12: That's that's a god honest truth. I, I brought this up on another podcast I did where I thought Richie was probably the biggest difference in a team when he left in the Absolutely. way that the offense was, he was probably the most impactful person when when we missed him because of how how efficient they were able to be, and when you see that we still had all those weapons and we still had good linemen, but just nothing against the other guys that were there. But but that was that was probably the biggest difference in why our offense was never quite like that. We had other strong years, but I mean it was it was just different, and me not even being on the offensive line. Um, I can appreciate that, especially later on in life when I started learning a lot more about coaching different positions. But uh, I, I just think that so many people understand what what a what a big impact that was.
9: Yeah, Richie was a huge impact. I mean, I mean, he was a general out there. I mean, we got to the line. Uh, we knew exactly what our protections was, what directions we were going. I mean, you could see linemen coming to the offensive line, looking and waiting for the center to make the call. We didn't have too much of that with Richie, you know. Everything was was out quick and, and, and in a hurry, and everybody else can make their secondary calls, et cetera, and get the offense clicking. And, I mean, he when he left, you're right, Shane, when he left, that was a big drop-off in that department. And, I mean, it's not a knock on anyone else, but, I mean, just a testament to what Richie was able to do
1: and how lazy he had me and Willie. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, being being on the other side of football and and just appreciating Richie, uh, you know, you want to build teams. You hear people say all the time you want to build teams from the inside out. Well, if you're going to do that, that guy you're building around better be tough as hell. And that's what Richie was, a couple games Mm – I seen him grab a leg out of the back seat of the car, and he didn't miss a play. I mean, that dude was – and I remember my rookie year, you know, having to go against him in practice, um, he made you have to hone in on your skills in terms of being able to read and react because you didn't want to have to deal with him much, so I was trying to beat him to the spot.
5: Yeah, that's that's awesome. See Richie, I didn't know these guys even liked you, man, until just now. See?
8: <laughs> hey,
12: I got I've got I still got a huge collection of DeWalt power tools because of Richie. He hooked me up with it. <laughs> <laughs>
8: hey, no, hey, listen, hey, hey my full one, my full one cake is great right now because my rookie year, um our back our um freak um uh, our snapper, uh god, I forget his name. Uh, rookie year Richie. Um uh, uh tu- tu- it, true it. Tu- no, tu- tu- no, it. That's right. tu- great, true it. Tu- he grabbed me when all the guys were walking out of the meeting rooms. Hey, get your ass back in here and sign a form. So the next five, six years of my life, I sat beside Richie and copied Richie's four hundred one k stuff. <laughs> 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 so Richie, was, Richie was a Richie was a finance major in college, and I thank you now, Richie, for that because my four hundred one k looks great. Uh, you know, for me copying Richie's four hundred one k
12: plan. My my rookie first two years in the league. (laughs) Can I get some advice over the last four months? It's taken a little bit of a bump. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one.
6: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All
5: right. Hey, let, let me let me ask you guys this. So at some point I wanted to get to this, but so Coach Lou, man, I don't know what kind of relationship you guys had with him, but I just remember every year he'd come up with these sayings, right? Remember the, the do your job? I mean, the, the Bengals marketed that shit, man. They, they had stuff everywhere about do your job. So, talk a little bit about Marvin, man. Let's talk about Marvin. Coach Lou was the man.
8: Why are you laughing, JT? <laughs> no, I, know, I know what you want to say. You're go ahead. Do nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say it. Hey, we, we need Justin on here, man. Just, yeah. Justin, he's flying his plane right now, man. Um, I think TJ might join later. I guess. Um, you know, Marvin had the sands, and man, you know the sands. You know, <laughs> you know. Those sayings carried the team. You know, you know, the, you know. The, the probably one of the most famous ones is, is the shovel and keep digging." You know, <laughs> you know what I so mean? But um, in in all, in, the,
11: in the night before
8: movies, the the clips. Oh, the movie clips was, was, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Oh, man, <laughs> one one man against a hundred. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah. Oh man! Hey, so you do your so, job? The,
11: you should be fine. Nah,
8: the, nah. so. The, the, the,
5: the, the, I was scared. The, 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 I was
8: scared the T-shirts. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I, I was scared. scared you... guys,
5: I was scared to ask you guys this question because there's the man. Hey, hey Coach Lou, can you hear us?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I know it. I called it. I, called <laughs> well, it. I knew you it was coming. Did, it was the the guys, set up. Question, Lou. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you
3: know, you know, the favorite one is Man on Fire. You know, I'm a professional. Man on fire. <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm a
10: professional.
3: No, I'm a professional. <laughs> Everyone yeah. that. I'm a professional.
0: <laughs>
8: hey, I'm and, the- and, Mark, uh, and Mark, Mark, to tell you, I start coming to him at the end, man, um, the guys want to change the music at, at the end of the movies. <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> and Mark was hey, will will there's a very diverse group of guys in here. <laughs> you know, the, well, I didn't and make
12: the music- sure Richie was taken care of. Exactly. <laughs> I, I still remember there was a, uh, I, I don't know what the circumstance was. I think it was Dexter Jackson. I think you might have told him to tone it down or something. And he just kept screaming 212 at the top of his lungs in that voice, very piercing voice that he has. No, coach, you said 212, 212. And I just remember hearing that for like five straight minutes. <laughs> well,
3: as Jim, as you would can see, I was blessed with a lot of great people and, uh, <laughs> from Willie and B. Sim, uh, Richie that were there, but I, but I tried to put Richie on the bench, which he didn't let me ever. He cried.
2: Yes, he did. <laughs> How long did it last, Coach? <laughs> One game.
3: We Levi, who <laughs> was already there, and uh, JT, who came in new, Shane, who came in right before the season. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, uh, obviously I, I was blessed with, with both uh, professionals and, uh, you know, hopefully I was able to provide a little direction uh, that kind of pushed us over the hump. But those guys were very consistent from the time I started about what was important, what they felt like we needed to do to take the next step. So, and, uh, you know, so with these guys you got on the screen now I, I have some fond memories of each and every one of them you know and, and as they uh, were pros young pros at the time and as they matured and matured through their their careers and what they meant you know and uh, it was amazing so you know levi from that first year hurting his knee and battling his ass off to come back and play uh so uh, you know, just a lot of everything. You know the sacrifices they all made. So I'm very blessed.
5: Yeah. So, Coach, look, man, I, I this is awesome. This has kind of been like a love fest. But I need some dirt, man. Tell tell me something you can share about these guys. That that's it's PG PG thirteen. We got kids watching Coach Lou. But give us something about somebody on this screen. I know you got stories. Man, we got no, all the dirt. No, we,
3: <laughs> we, we the ones with it all. These the, these guys don't have we a story. Not many stories about these guys. <laughs> we got some stories. Probably got some stories more about their peers. Hey, I, I
8: was ta- I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out what game it was. We played. It was early on. When Marvin got there, and Marvin was so damn mad, his nose started bleeding at halftime. <laughs> Good. I, I think B. I think be um, Brian Simmons and I started. I said, "Yo, shit, this dude, this dude here is cold blooded for real, right here." <laughs> he was, he was dog cousin's us out, his nose bleed. I said, "Yo, he mad as hell right now." <laughs> well, <laughs> so, we,
3: we 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 had some of the moments from that 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 preseason game that every, y'all three y'all five were on there. Other than uh, uh, Shane wasn't there yet with this The Indy trip where none of them dudes wanted to play, and I told the equipment guy, I said, Put all this stuff in the locker. Let's see who wants to play. And, uh, you know, a bunch of guys answered the call. The rest of them we cut and released. (laughs) And and that was one of the things I believe that set the tone right from the start. And, uh, you know, I mean, that first game we lose to Denver. And Mike Shanahan says to me after the game, your team doesn't realize how good they are. Wow. And uh then we lost the next week close game in Oakland. Raiders. Uh you know, and then we beat Cleveland the next week. So uh that kind of started us on run and and unfortunately by the end of the year when we were eight, eight and six, we were so beat up at the end of the year, we ended up losing the last two ball games and missing the playoffs. But but at That's least we laid a good foundation there.
11: That's what I'm I was saying. I felt like that year like we ended up being a very good team. Like you know, we beat the Chiefs, but we started out zero three. We we beat we lost to Denver, then we had a close game against Oakland, came home lost to the Steelers, and I think we beat the Browns. Yeah, but um, yeah, we we were a good team. I I think everybody. You know, I remember going out to San Diego, and that was a tough game, and we won. And so we were having these games where we started to come together, and. I think that's when the foundation for this 05 team really was laid. You know, uh you had a guy like Carson on the bench and the offensive line was leading us and uh Kittner was doing his thing. So I just think we we learned how to win together. And then the next year, you know, when Carson got put in, he's obviously super talented. Uh we had other pieces for the team, but 05, I think was a was was really a combination of those previous two years of everybody and even in 05 I mean some of our more talented players didn't start you know guys like Chris Henry and Chris Perry you know super talented guys or Odell Thurman being a second round pick and David Pollard being the first round Odell was super talented so we had a lot of young talent that just didn't really know how good they were and you had the veterans that were feeding off of them so um yeah, that early part i would say that you know marvin's career you know with all of us um it, it was a lot of talent but we just didn't you know I, I obviously it was more to do and uh but but that 5 team
8: was a i think a product for those first two years for marvin
0: yeah and yeah. And, john,
8: and john coming from a, a winning organization like you know richie um Levi and b Simmons and i had been there for so long it was just certain things that Marvin was saying that we had never heard before in the coaching staff. It was certain. It was certain way we practices and certain mm-hmm. expectations and things that you know that that you know we took for granted. But when he got there. You know, I think I think John Kitten said it one day. We we were all just marveling at some of the stuff that Marvin doing, and Kitten was like, "Well, really, all he's doing is bringing up the speed to, to everybody else." You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and which he was. Yeah. <laughs> and which he, and which yeah. he was. So, but the thing, the, those small things, man. You know. For well, a guy like me to start having a chance to win games, and I remember that first year. Like I said, we lost those last two games, but just being able to be in a meaningful, you know, December game was a big ass deal around Cincinnati at the time. And, and Marvin brought that energy to where we started being in games, you know, late, um, late um, December, early January. I still remember being at um, the old field in the last game of the season guys have their their Winnebagoes, you know, packed up and, you know. I've seen seen guys Winnebagoes that, you know, packed up, ready to go cross country, you know what I mean? So, when Marvin got there, Marvin started us winning, man, and and having an attitude, hey, these December games gonna mean something, and eventually they turn into, you know, to win those games and get into the playoffs. Hey, so yeah, so right
5: now, Bobby, Bobby uh, is trying to, to dial in. He's having some connection issues right now. So Bobby's trying to get in here as well, guys. Go ahead, Brian. I think you're going to say something.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if Coach Lou remembered the speech that he gave. And I don't remember the full context of it. But I kind of carry with me now. You know, as I coach high school kids, everybody want to raise their hand when things are going well and you're winning. But I remember Marvin saying something to the effect, telling the whole team, listen, the only reason I'm here is because of all of you. So don't think it was just the coaches. All of us in this room, or well, all of you in this room has something to do with me being here. And that and that's honestly that's the thing that Martin said that stuck with me as I coach. Um, you know, you can't you can't be one of those guys who always want to have your hands or hands held up high when you're winning and then wanna put it on somebody else when you start losing. You gotta you gotta want a piece of it own a piece of all of it.
3: No, that was that was early on. And, and that was the thing that, that what I said was there were good coaches here before me. Yep. Yep. And, and you guys, gotta if we don't get this done. You're going to look around and I'm going, somebody, I'm going, somebody else is going to be standing in my spot and somebody may be in your spot. Unless you <laughs> so yep. you, you got to understand that because, and that's the thing. And, and, and I can't take credit for that because that's basically what Brian Billick said. When he came to us with the Ravens and rehired me, that there was good coaches there before, and, and that's what it's all about, you know. And, and obviously, all you guys on this screen, you know, were very good players there through that time, and just putting all the pieces in place and trying to be more like pros. That's the thing that pushed pushed over the hump, you know. uh, You know, I mean, between Willie and I know Takeo all the time. uh, came into my office when I first got the job and particularly to kale every day and <laughs> telling me we didn't need a quarterback. We had Kitna. No, no, no. That was me.
0: I said that. And, and, <laughs> I was, I was wrong. Yeah. And,
3: but, but, but we had the first pick. So the most talented guy, one of still probably to date, still one of the most talented guys to come out in the draft was Carson Palmer. And 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 so we ended up, you know, we picked Carson, but give Mike Brown credit that he didn't force me into having to play Carson that first year, because what I was worried about that if we lost games, everybody would just say, well, because we're playing with a rookie quarterback, you know, Mm -hmm. but to to John's credit, Carson's credit, you know, they were able to handle the situation and you guys all rose up around them and, and carried the football team so uh you know you deserve credit for that and we all know cuz we could see Carson's talent every day versus the defense I mean we knew what we had you know no question about it so coach we
5: we uh so we 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 played a few videos we the, the opening day game against the, the city up north you guys beat the the browns the week 3 defense had like 13 turnovers in two games uh week 2 and 3 Now let's go to this game. I'm going to play this short video here because I'll never forget this game. It was one of the craziest games I've ever been to in my life. Uh, This is uh, week eight against the uh, Green Bay Packers.
6: The Green Bay's defense hitting Chris Perry for a four-yard touchdown pass on the opening drive and giving the Bengals a 7-0 lead. Ensuing possession since he drove 73 yards on 12 plays, culminating in an eight-yard touchdown reception by T.J. Hushmanzana. Johnson touchdown extended the lead to 21-7. Palmer finished with over a 100 passer rating for the tenth time in his last 11 star line. On the next play, a fan ran onto the field and stole the ball from Far. The confusion could. Have been in Green Bay's defense.
5: Wow. So, so John,
4: Brian,
6: <laughs> hey, so the
4: fans weren't all <laughs> life. Yeah.
5: So, Brian, John, the fans weren't feeling very confident in the defense to end that game. So we just ran on the field, took that damn ball, to help you all out. <laughs> Amen.
11: We we need we needed that bad because I think Brett was starting to come back. Uh, Man, had he a little he did. he did. He did. Brett
9: was right. He was heating up. He was heating up. You're right.
5: You guys, yeah. you guys remember that game? there pretty good. Well, it sounds like.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that that's the one thing is you know, fortunately, you know, we played in this very difficult division. We know that, and these guys. They they did the job. I mean, they they, you know, uh, we the only team we had a losing record with in the division during my time there was the Steelers. That very obviously dominated the Browns, dominated the Ravens, and uh, but it's to those guys' credit because that's what you got to do. You got to win your division games. And the other thing that we did is we dominated the NFC. You know, from uh, you know we dominated every time we played NFC teams. We really dominated them. And you, uh, somebody mentioned that Charger game out there in San Diego. Well, you know, that kind of set a precedent because if you guys remember, we traveled to Oakland on Friday mm-hmm. and then we traveled to San Diego on Friday and we lost the Oakland game on the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. And then we're beating the pants off the Chargers at halftime. Yeah. And I remember walking down the ramp talking, Mike Carey was the official. And I said to Mike Carey at halftime, I don't know how Marty Schottenheimer does this shit. This is where <laughs> we-, <laughs> but we beat the Chargers out there, and that really, for management and everything we know, uh, that set a good precedent. Now, I, to- I think a year or so, two years later, where we had to split it. We went, to, we went one game, we went to Oakland
8: on Saturday morning or something. And for, for, for hey. Friday. And Marvin, for the old heads, too, like, we, we had never won games like that before. But, like, we, we've been to San Diego before, and, you know, it, it had a junior Seahawks experience some years earlier that, that wasn't a good experience. But games like the Green Bay game, and and I even think back to uh, uh, B. Sims and, 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 um, and Richard Taylor, this, like, for me, I think 4 when we played Washington, and we, mm. we beat the Redskins was the first time I said, damn. Damn in the 90s, we would never have won games like this on the road, you know what I mean? And to go to San Diego um, and then go to, you know, have Green Bay come in and beat, I mean, I played, we played Green Bay, I think bCM was your rookie year uh, when they had Reggie White, you know what I mean? So we had never beat teams, there were certain teams that we were just not used to beating and we started to beat them and, it, and for an old head like myself, it just felt damn good, bro. Like, JT has experienced that before, you know what I mean? JT has experienced that. We haven't experienced that before. So, for us to win games like that against big-name teams, against big-name organizations, man, that, that, that felt damn good for me.
11: But but it's not a lot. And, and you guys know this, playing. It, it's not a big difference in these teams. And I remember being in Tennessee, and that before we played the Bengals, that was the most afraid our coaching staff was. Like, we would play the Steelers, and it was no problem. The Ravens. You Know we would split with the Ravens all the time, that was just the brawl. Uh, Jacksonville, we would beat most of the time. Um, Cleveland was new, but the, the Bengals, but they were always so scared. Like, and, and uh, being a rookie, I'm like, why are we scared of the Bengals? Like, they were just out wow, for offensive line, like, we could never get sacks on the Bengals. Um, so I knew just before I came there that it was talent, that's why I had no problem coming there. A lot of vets would probably use the Bengals to leverage, but. You know, when Marvin got there, um, that's one of the things that he said. He was like, Listen, we're gonna come in, change some things, and this is a good team. He's like, You know that we've been playing against these guys. Um, but it was super like I said, the Bengals are super talented and you know, all 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 we needed was leadership and um, you know, just to corral all of the talent that we had. But um, you know, those post games just built our character up and um you know, we didn't win them all, but but I would say that year we caught a lot of breaks until the injuries hit, hit us. And, um, you know, I remember in practice, man, it was – I don't think the ball was hitting the ground at all on our offense. And I tell people all the time, I don't want to be long-winded, but that was the best offense that I've seen in years. I don't even know if I've seen a better offense just from being inside of it week to week, you know, watching y'all guys operate. Um, so it was easy for us defense, but you know, we got the turnovers you guys you guys went out there and did the job So uh, I don't know if Marvin built the team that way if he meant to build it that way, but uh, being a defensive guy back then um, But that offense was super loaded
5: There was game clips. I was watching game clips all week. Just cut them a couple for you guys Dude, I've Carson Palmer sitting back there with all the time in the world. So Levi Willie, rich yeah. and Bob all these guys yeah. Man, they were run blocking machines, and they pass block very well. At least it looked like whole mm-hmm. video. So, so let's keep going. So, so you guys had just talked about some of the games. Willie, you were talking about games you had never won before, right? Before this year, 04, 05 team. Let's go to Week 12 and Week 13 back to back. You guys go to uh, you guys play uh, the Baltimore Ravens at home um, and destroy them, and then go on the road to Pittsburgh. So let's go to let's go to Week 12 uh, versus the Ravens and watch this uh, clip right here.
13: We have a Carson and a McMahon now playing quarterback in the NFL at the same time.
0: And look at this, the Tonight Show during the day. Chad Johnson, 54 yards, and it's... That is as easy a pitch and catch as you will find quarterback wide receiver. The assault continues
13: against Baltimore. You say Zeta. I say And TJ, that's Tom's uh, brother, catches a touchdown. That's Palmer to TJ.
5: So... I I know that game had to be something to Marvin, but all you guys on the screen, that was a a big, big win against a division rival right there.
8: Richie, Richie, go.
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, you know, listening to all this, um, the Marvin is how to win. Through hard work comes winning, and we were able to do that, and tell you what, winning makes the game and hard work so much more fun. You go Hmm. out there and Sweat, bleed, whatever. But if you're winning at the end of the day, uh, it, it, it's a blast. And uh, you know, my last, last several years and um, my career playing with Marvin was a lot of fun. My first few years playing for the Bengals was tough, but I went out on a high note and uh, enjoyed it greatly.
5: Yeah, I, I'll tell you guys. Like uh, I, you know, everybody we. I had season tickets through the 90s. Guys, I'm telling you, that 05 team changed my outlook on this whole organization. It was the most fun team to watch in 15-plus years. Uh, from a fan base, the reason this, this was so popular right now, getting you guys together again, it's when a lot of fans became fans again uh, of the team because you guys were fun to watch. It seemed like you guys were even have fun in, together. Uh, you guys worked your asses off, and, and it was fun watching
8: you guys play, man, from a fan base. it was uh, 05 team was special shane what, what what year was the year you kicked the the, the winning field goal against, against um the ravens was that, that i think,
12: I think oh, that four. was in in baltimore
11: oh four right what's that was that oh four when we came back
12: <clears throat> you know hit like it, 21 it, in the fourth or something. some it, one it, of those games that was, it, that,
8: was I, a huge, that was that was a huge game for us too boy huge yeah. game
12: yeah because I think uh, I think it was Cleveland late in the season at home. That might have been '04. 4 also. I've, The the years become a blur sometimes now. But um, no, I don't think that. I, I don't know. I think I think the game winner at Baltimore was either, was possibly 4 I think there's a historian on here who can probably look that up though. So.
8: I always thought it was cool what Marvin did. Um... Um and, and and these stats always held true. Like you put on the board and say, okay, versus division foes, we gotta rush for hundred and twenty yards a game. And we gotta and he gave the defense goals and and, and I and I never really paid attention to the defense goals, but I know our goal, every game that we won in our division, we hit those stats that he said we had to hit. And the stats were like a hundred and hundred and twenty yard rushing. Um, you know, ironically it was like if Rudy got the ball eighteen times or more. We, we we won we won ball games and so he would tell us you know true. um um another one of Marvin you know favorite sayings that we all laugh about too but it, it was freaking true was those division games were uh two chin strap games. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I
3: get one, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't get one, Shane. Hey Coach, hey,
8: we had a budget,
3: Shane <laughs>
5: Hey coach, let me let me ask you this, coach. Hey, so in 2005, Shane Graham set an NFL record with 11 tackles for a kicker. Was he ever? Was Brian Simmons ever in danger of losing his job to Shane Graham on defense? No, but that's wow. I didn't
3: know that.
0: We need to talk to
8: Darren
0: about that shit.
8: So, that's, the reason, that's, the reason, that's the reason Shane showed up, in, you know, in, in, in uh, Ferraris and, yeah. and, and, and better, yeah. and better yeah. cars than anybody else. I, I, I was, I was waiting for that. <laughs>
12: there. We go. Uh, no, the, the thing about that is, uh, one, Darren always made sure that at certain times of the year, we, we we worked on leveraging and making sure we were in the right position to make tackles. Um, I've always known that making tackles in space isn't easy for anyone. I mean, I, you see DBs miss them all the time. So my whole thing was when I would do the kickoff return service where whether we jugged the ball or I would kick it off down the field or whatever, I always made sure that I, especially with a tab, uh, what's his last name? Eric.
1: Eric. Eric.
12: Yeah. So so with, with tab, we always, I'm, I told him, always finish the play and put a move on me. Like practice putting a move on the kicker so that you're not getting looked at on film Monday morning and, and getting laughed at because the kicker tackled you. So it would make him better, but it helped me make sure that I knew how to use the sideline for leverage or, or how to fill a space and have a good fit. And no, my form may not have always been perfect, but at least I had enough of a frame that if I got in the way or got my arms around them, I could stop them. And, you know, it was it was just something that I enjoyed doing. But, um, you know, there's also the fact that maybe they weren't all kicked out of the end zone too, so we can we can maybe play <laughs> battle. Yeah you know that's when you had leon washington and josh cribs and and guys bringing them out from nine deep mm-hmm. the 30 yard line so uh I'll, I'll never say i'm the i was the best kickoff guy but um uh, I, I was not the best kickoff guy or probably even in the middle of the pack either <laughs>
10: yeah. hey marvin hey. i know i
12: know
5: we we didn't we didn't tell you we wanted you on very long were you okay for like maybe two more minutes i want to do one more yeah. video and get your feedback on the yeah. video here so so week 13, after beating Baltimore, you guys go on the road to the city near West Virginia. And I'll never forget this game, guys. Um, but let's watch this video real quick, man. I mean, this is a big, big road win. And it set the tone, man, for, for
13: this team. here. Harrison Palmer with a very quick move. And he's going on top for Huchmanzada. He's got it for a touchdown. Oh, my. Outside the one to tie it. And Palmer... Will throw for it and it's a touchdown to Kelly. Reggie Kelly's first touchdown of the season play. Here they come. Into the end zone. Touchdown. He goes to Hushmanzada, who just came back in after the injury in the end zone when Palmer inside the one. Rudy Johnson. He's in the end zone for the touchdown. Johnson has the four today. Rudy Johnson, 13 yards away from the century mark. Rare to do against Pittsburgh. Here he goes on the outside at the 10, the 5. He is in the end zone. Another touchdown for Rudy Johnson.
5: Man, I'll never forget that game. I remember like it was yesterday, guys. So talk about that game. You guys
4: got to
8: remember that one. I, guess, um, I still remember it being a big game. Cause like I said, we had not had a lot of success against Pittsburgh, you know, on the road um, in a long-ass time. And um, I remember after the win, um, Marvin was happy, but he does—he did what he did all the time after wins. He went through a whole reel of, of bad plays we had that game. And, and, my, and my bad play was the last player of the game, I want to say it was Kenny Watson um, – it was a tough side sweep. I think Levi pancaked this guy's last play of the game. And my job was to run downfield and get the safety. Well, it's the last play of the game. we winning. we we up. I know the game is over with. And I just jogged downfield and barely got a hand on the safety. But Kenny made a cut. <laughs> he made a cut. And if I got the guy, just a, a push the guy, he goes 80 yards for a touchdown. And I remember Marvin playing. I said over and over and over again, like, "Come on, Big Will. look at this." I'm like, "Yo, man, this dude, I his damn mind." Like, but <laughs> but we all just knew those small things like that. He wasn't gonna let up that we had we had won that game. And then you know um, you know it, that was just a, a huge game for, like I said, a guy like myself who in the past we 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 had had not had a a talented enough team. But the main thing we didn't have, and, and Richie and Brian and Taylor you this, we didn't have the tough guys we had, you know what I mean? We didn't have the John Thornton, we didn't have Levi Jones. We didn't have, you know what I mean? We didn't have enough guys, and we finally got enough guys who were willing to go fight with the talent the group that we already had. And Marvin put that mindset in our mind that yes, we did have a shovel mentality because you know, Marvin used to saying his father was in the you know the steel mines and we all took that shit to heat like, 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 yo, we going to, with our hard hats on, with our shovel and going there and fight these dudes and that was our game plan man we go fight these dudes and um uh, it worked you know
9: yeah there was yeah, I, no I, feeling. They're going into pittsburgh and winning that game and silencing those fans and those players and coming out of that game just with that great feeling i mean it it was definitely a win that you know that we built on for years to come i mean and I mean, they're right. Those games were fist fights. We came in those games expecting a fist fight. This was all Eric Williams, Reggie White fist fight type of games. And those AFC North games were some of the the hardest, most most brutal impacts that that were out there. I mean, those games were 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 definitely the games that set the teams apart. And like Willie was saying, we weren't winning those games. But now we're going into Baltimore manhandling them and getting them lost. And now we're going into Pittsburgh and doing those same things. I mean, we had, like, a great measuring stick in our own division of what we would face uh, outside of our division. And quite frankly, those hard games that we played there, those other games didn't compare to those, in my opinion. If we had Hello. a mic
8: on Levi, if we had a mic on Levi, and the things he was saying to joey porter his kids levi's kids would be very afraid of him right now <laughs> yo the thing hey, that, i didn't talk trash that Levi,
9: I was trying to talk
8: listen the things that he was threatening to do to joey on the bus after the game doing the game i'm
9: like yo see there y'all go again hold on there y'all go again i have not started one hey, fight I finished is, them all i have not started one fight that's true. It was violent. Hey, that was he a didn't walk away from right there either. <laughs> I, I, I
10: wasn't did. built to walk away. That wasn't, why, uh, that,
9: that wasn't why Mike Brown drafted me. He told me – he put out an article right when he drafted me. He said that um, I'm sure now that I got a tackle that I can place with my already strong right tackle and put them in any defensive room in uh, the league, and my two tackles
8: are going to walk out. <laughs> between, between Levi – like, like for me, for years, I, I told you guys before. My whole goal was, and B. Simmons know this. My whole goal was, I'm a lullaby guy to sleep. Even Jake, even John Thornton noticed this. I never really thought trash to guys. I'm a lullaby to sleep. Like I'm, a, I'm gonna do some of the most dirty stuff to you, but ask you, are you okay? I'm gonna pick you up, <laughs> and then you, you good, everything good. Levi and TJ, who stood beside me in the huddle, trash talking my guys in front of me. I'm like, yo, man, y'all just eyes up, like. T- 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 PJ <laughs> going after every guy I'm facing, you know. People they killing you. Chad, Chad playing with them. Levi threatening their moms and their and their kids. You know what I mean? My like, God, but you know, man, this group is different. Hey, group right I got here, a good man.
9: dose of that though. Will, uh, it was one game we was playing Baltimore in Baltimore, and I I was hurting from every part of my body was hurt. I did not need to be in that game. And you know how we would do Baltimore. You hit them a good few times. They start changing defenses, dropping in the coverages and everything. So I had that game going, perfect situation. And Carson started talking trash to Terrell Suggs. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, hey Carson, man, uh I'm not all the way healthy to enough to be out here. You might want to leave him alone. And Terrell, him alone. Alone.
5: Wait a minute, you said Carson.
9: You said Carson Man, was Carson told, Man, Carson, Carson, told, Carson told Terrell Suggs that, yeah. put it this way, I almost had to fight Terrell at home in Arizona
3: <laughs> for what Carson told. So, so Suggs would never let me live down the fact that we picked Carson instead of him. So that was probably part of it revive.
10: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, right. but, but you remember though, you know,
3: I I
9: I grew up with sucks, so I knew everything he was trying yeah. to do. So he when when, when, when the situation happened every... and Carson started cuss, I mean start uh, yelling at uh Terrell and telling him he sucks and he never worries about him based off of who's blocking him. <laughs> Personal. He he got all that back in them next three rushes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey
5: James, I think we have a view. We're going to go to a couple of viewer questions, guys. Look, I, I told you guys nine o'clock, we're about five minutes away. If you want to hang around after nine, you can. But we But uh, I, I know we have a couple of viewer questions. There's it, this uh, chat here is going nuts, James.
7: Yeah, we do. Again, thank you everyone for joining us, uh, Levi. You just mentioned uh, Mike Brown, the reason why he <laughs> drafted you. Anybody else want to share a uh, Mike Brown story that we may have not heard before?
8: Shit.
3: Go ahead, Coach Luke. <laughs> 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 let, let, let me lead it off. The first thing is Mike gets beat up, unfortunately, in Cincinnati way too much. And obviously this last season, a lot of that uh, kind of got shelved. But, you know, there, there, you know, the man has nothing else he cares about other than that football team. And, and you know, when i got the job the the one thing i said is you know you called me and and let's you know we we're going to be in the nfl so let's go and uh, to his credit you know he was obviously very supportive you know i had to battle for things at times as the guys know but but that's part of it you know and but but even when we i brought other coaches from other teams after the fact they they like wow this is really good because every one of these players every one of those coaches he wanted them to be successful in life and that's what he cared about and that's what's so important so uh you know a lot of times he gets beat up in cincinnati about this and that and you know it it is professional sports and there comes a time with contracts and things that things don't seem don't always fall into place the way everybody wants them, and coaching clues. So, uh, but, you know, uh, I think these guys all have a fondness, uh, and they were blessed to be able to play there and play for him.
12: I'll, I'll add a story, too, and, and, and I'll agree with what he just said. Uh, so my departure from Cincinnati was, was not under the test of situations for myself personally, uh, I think that was spearheaded by me probably mismanaging a, a franchise tag situation. But when when that time came and I ended up moving on and going to other places, I remember being back in Cincinnati. Uh, don't remember what it was for. And I saw his wife, who was just the nicest lady in the world, uh, who saw me at the ballet hotel or something. And she mistakenly, like, she recognized me, but yet... She misrecognized me. She she said, Oh, hey uh Andy, good to see you. She <laughs> thought I was Andy Dalton. And, and just a you know very quick passing moment type situation. So she hadn't seen me in years, so it was just very easy to do, I guess, the hair color we all look alike. But um I I, I was in camp with another team at that time and I got a call from Mike Brown, and he, he tracked down my number through someone because I don't know that we had each other's personal numbers. He apologized and spent 25 minutes on the phone with me, and I just thought that was one of the classiest uh, things, to do. that something that wasn't that big a deal, that he put so much effort into making sure that I wasn't offended by a very easy mistake to let happen. And then I'll go on to add that after I retired and got into coaching, one, when I retired, they were very generous with the way that they took care of how I wanted to retire as a bingo and all of that. But then also, um, I got into coaching, and they were very generous, and, and I know Marvin was really big in this and Darren, but letting me come back and be around the team and kind of shadow and uh, you know ask questions, take notes, and just have you know very unlimited access to and help myself. But he would always come spend time and talk to me, and I just I always appreciated the way that uh, he treated me like a person and, and not just like a player that or an employee.
8: Yeah, man, um, that's right, Shane. My um, the first year I made the Pro Bowl, you know what I mean? It was was a, you know Marvin noticed it was a very emotional year for me because I've been waiting for a long time to to get in over there, and um, I ended up getting a um, a handwritten letter from Mike Brown, and it was it was just basically him thanking me. Uh, for all my years of service, and, and basically telling me that he thought I should have been a Pro Bowl several years ago, and and um, just a real real small, nice, neat letter, and I thought it was so cool, man. Just just the thought the, the fact that he he knew how important that was to me, because I, I had talked about it in negotiations with him, you know what I mean? And um, so for that to happen, and for him to do that, and um, I still remember too, you know, back in the '90s, some real tough losses, even early some early 2000 losses, you know, um, when we had, we had fought our asses off and, you know, just hard fought games and I usually sat in the front, uh, right behind, you know, the coaches would always sit up front, Marvin, all the guys the front. And, um, I remember passing by one day with Mike Brown and I had like ice pack, I had an ice bag on my head, you know, on my shoulder. It's crazy. And, um, he came back to the back and, and walked back and shook, and shook my hand and told me, thank you. We were just lost. Um, I, mean, I think it was I think it was Pittsburgh against all the Steelers. But he told me thank you and just tell me how much he how how proud he was for guys like myself and Richie Brown, you know, in those those late 90 years of battling, you know, out, out against these tough teams. You know, we, were, we probably were undermanned, but he appreciated us fighting and playing for him and I always thought that was cool too. And and always wished for us to have those winning seasons like 05 for him, you know. Anybody else have
7: anything
1: they'd like to add on the Mike Brown topic? No, I mean, for me, obviously, they drafted me, so I, I'll always be appreciative of that, um, you know, because we always we always think we know where we're going to go in the draft, but until you get drafted, you don't know. And, uh, and it was just a great, you know, great feeling for me and my family, obviously. Um, so for me, I will always be appreciative for that. And then, you know, once you get there, the way they treat you, and they were always nice to my family, whether my kids or my wife, um, so, so just a class act. You know, the one thing about Mike Brown, you can say whatever you want to say to him about him, but you can't say it. they're not genuine, genuine nice people. That's what they are. Mm-hmm.
7: One other question that's um, flooded the the chat area, and this goes back to the video that we showed the Chicago game, Chris Henry's um, first NFL touchdown against Chicago. Uh, obviously, we lost Chris way too soon. Such a great young player. Can
3: anybody uh share uh, Chris Henry story with us? Let, let me uh kind of lead that off because you know in, in 05 when we were when we drafted Chris, in fact, that 05 draft with David at number one, who we didn't think we'd get an opportunity to draft, and Odell at number two, who it's a shame because he's probably one of the best players. I mean, after the first day of rookie camp, I told Mike Brown he's like Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. And then Chris, who was mm-hmm. number three. So as we got to Thanksgiving time, end of November, December 1st, we had three first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. You know, and then obviously Katrina hit that year. So Chris got bombarded with his family and, and so forth. And things went a little sideways for a while. But to that young man's credit and rusty guy uh, who spent a lot of time with him and all of these guys on this phone call who helped mentor, uh, I mean, from Richie, who doesn't know how much influence he had on Odell and Chris, because I can remember the meeting with Mike Brown. Willie, you remember when you all went up and talked to Mike Brown? And uh, yes. Richie, I think you were there as well and i can't remember what it was about but odell as a rookie was up there and chris who really had a hard time putting a sentence together and unfortunately that year when chris passed i was working it was friday it was uh, thursday late or friday and i felt somebody in my doorway and i looked up and it was chris and he's like i said chris what's up he said coach uh, Coach Hayes' son is playing tonight over at Elder. Do you think I could get some tickets for me and my family to go to the game? And I was ready to move heaven and earth to get him and his family into that football game because the old Chris Hanley would have showed up a damn near probably had his jersey on and would have demanded to be let in that game. And so that's how much these guys and Rusty had meant for that young man to change his course in life, for him to come and, and make that kind of request the right way was amazing. Just amazing to watch him mature, you know, through that whole time period.
8: Anybody else on Slim? I would just, I would just happy to have a, a weapon, like you know, years years earlier we we had turned down. A trade proposition to get Randy Moss, you know what I mean? And yes, we had Ocho and yes we had T.J. But I think T.J. tell you all the time there were things that Chris Henry did that only the top one percent of receivers in the league could do. And that was that was one one time late in the year, late November. I remember we've been we've been on the on Paul Brown turf at a practice at practice, and um it was real cold, and I'm still had on sweats. And Carson threw the damn ball at least about seventy yards. I don't know know if Levi and Richie remember this. And Paul Alexander, our coach, kept rewinding that catch. Slim had a 70-yard one-hand Odell Beckham catch in practice one day. And Paul kept saying, I don't give a damn what people say. That kid right there is a first-round pick right there. And he kept running the play back over and over and over and over again. And we realized then what kind of player we had. And we said, hey, man, we have have an an elite receiver uh, group. And and I know people are happy and going crazy, rightfully so. Of the Bengals' current group right now. Those guys are unbelievable, too. But that group we had with Ocho, T.J., Slim was probably right there in, in the history of the Bengals receiving course as one of the top most talented-wise, talent-wise they ever had before, in my opinion. Absolutely. Man, Chris, I just
9: remember watching Carson would throw the ball so far down the field, and it seemed like Chris Henry didn't, didn't take off <laughs> running until the ball, like, Left, Like, they'd be at top speed, him in the corner running, and, and that ball has another 20 yards to go. Chris would just separate at top speed from that defender and go catch that ball. It didn't matter how far he threw it, Chris was running that ball down. I I, I felt like that was second to none because he hit another gear after top speed and stretched out. I mean, he was a long-rangey Player, but the way he used to run those balls down, I I hadn't seen that before and hadn't hadn't been privy to something like that, not in that fashion. And he would throw the ball in the air.
11: He would throw it in the air. Mar- Marvin would get so mad at him. <laughs> and the next play, he would do the same thing. He would get the tuck down, throw
2: the thing up in the air, and Marvin would pick it up. You know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Well, you you God showed God. the
3: Pittsburgh highlight. You showed the Pittsburgh high, you know game. Well, Chris caught a ball for first series, and I said, Chris, you know they're going to be on you in this stadium. You know they're going to be on you. And he said, I got it, coach. I got it, coach. So he catches the ball, and literally the fans on him, and he turns around and gives him the finger. And I, just looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just oh my god! But but that's you know. Uh, he was so talented and, and literally Hugh Jackson. All right, I gotta credit you for this because when they went over to WVU, they went in and they watched the, the uh, WVU one on one shake from, from practice, and he ate Adam up, he was killing Adam. And that. And that's when you came back to Marvin. So, I, I know he, he, you know, he's got this and this and this. But he wasn't the worst guy on the team. They had a running back that had worse history than him. Oh, yeah, mm, be <laughs> nice, <my> now.
11: <laughs> <Shit>.
3: <laughs> <We're> nice to my school now.
11: Shit. Come on, Marvin. Had, uh,
1: yeah, not players, AC, you know.
4: On your team.
11: Hey,
1: I, I'll say this about Chris and Odell. Both of those guys, you know, for them to be, uh, I was about to say freshmen, but for those guys to be rookies, those guys meant a lot to that 2005 team. Both oh, man. With, with just the explosive playmaking ability, the excitement that they brought to the game. And both of them had maturity, maturity issues as as we all do. But, man, both of them dudes were great teammates too. And that's what I think – I don't think a lot of people understand that. You know, those were guys that you like being around and, and, and just the infectious uh, personality that they had. Those those two guys were very important parts of that team. Yep.
8: No we
5: I, I to I know we got a couple more minutes here. You guys can. I think Levi popped off. Already. We need to get off. Go ahead and sign off. But I. I did. I, we can't. Tom's gonna have a question here in a minute. But we got to get something, man. We got to get some dirt, man. It doesn't have to be bad, but what? Give me some. Give us. A, give the fans. There's tons of people watching. Give the fans some locker room story that you're able to share that you don't get anybody in trouble but something somebody's never heard before. I know you guys are all smiling, thinking about all the things, right? <laughs> so,
1: I, I, I got something. I, I, all right, know. all right, B, you go. Be careful,
8: you know, B, be, be, be careful. Be, be yeah, be I, careful. I am, I am,
1: I am. No, it was just you know, something that we always laughed about. You know, late, late in November, late December, it, it, it's cold as heck in practice, and we out there for three hours because Coach Lou very rarely was he going to give you a bone. And, uh, <laughs> and, and and we come in after practice, and they have that soup out there, and we like, man, shit on How about cutting practice
3: short? <laughs> <So> <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> had, we had soup and <laughs> hot chocolate. Now, B, come on, yeah, man, hot, yeah,
8: <laughs> hot <chocolate, laughs> bro, oh, chicken bro. <laughs> chicken broth. <laughs> <Man, laughs> we need to, we need to cut this practice short. That's <laughs> nah, oh yeah, all right. nah. Now, early Marvin. Early Marvels, John Thornton, and I had a had a saying. Early Marvels was bone on bone, gristle bone hmm. on gristle. He gonna grind out, and he <laughs> tell you, I don't know anywhere else but the grind, but the grind.
3: grind. That's out. what I would tell
8: him. And I don't know no other way. <laughs> no other way. Hey, hold on, hold on, but guys, hold on, guys. 2010 though, I came back doing some coaching too, Shane, and I go in Marvin room to talk to him at the practice, and I see a freaking massage chef. Shut up! Oh. So, <laughs> Espresso
12: machines. Oh,
8: my God. Yeah, I, I get massages for all the coaches. And, um, and then two years after that, the players had a recovery day, guys, on Wednesday, they had a recovery yep. day. They had smoothies yep. and, and yoga. And I'm like, man, what the hell yep. is this going on?
3: You, you <laughs> so have Marvin, change. Marvin,
8: Marvin changed. He changed. <laughs> they, they, you know, it, it's funny
3: because people say you was the head coach for 16 years and once five. But I had to start over like four times, you know? Yeah,
8: no, you did. You did
3: that. <laughs> and that's what you have to do, you know? We, we had to start over. And, uh, you know, when we lost Richie and Tab Perry and Chris Perry in that 06 game in Pollock against Cleveland, you know, we, we took a step backwards for a while. Well, you remember that, B. You remember so that. Did mm-hmm. We did. And we lost those guys in that game against Cleveland, week two, Cleveland, that's you know. 2006. We took a step backwards for a while. We had to re, re, regroup. And then, yeah. you know, I remember riding that bus trip back from Indianapolis in 08. And I'm like, this shit then hit rock bottom. <laughs> and, yeah. and and that trip from Indianapolis, just like, was it the old, what what game really was it where we jumped offside, we got a first down, we had a procedure penalty, and then we had to come back and replay <laughs> you know, in Indy too. Uh, it was Indy games set a yeah. lot of precedence. Man, in my, Cincinnati. That damn bus, from, that two hour bus ride back from Indy. I would do a lot of soul searching. So that's when <laughs> I made up my mind in 09, we was going to run the football and we won every division game in 09, won the division again, you mm. know, mm. Yeah. you know, so a lot of, a lot of, a lot of memories with these guys, you know, and the guy, you know, you, you we got JT, but we got Reggie Kelly, and, oh, no.
8: and yes. Bobby, you Big know, Big Bobby, yes,
3: along with JT, you know, uh, even Clemens and and, and Kevin yeah. Hart, they are right. part of. And then when we when we traded for Sports, you know, made such a difference to this football team. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, you know. A, a long
8: Steinbach that got drafted that year.
3: Steinbach and 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 uh, Richie, the other uh, offensive guard, uh yeah, who I tried to make the center in front of Richie.
11: <laughs> golf
3: Richie, never gonna
8: let me forget that one. Not, not, golf was play, yeah, golf golf yeah. golf player, Marvin. Yeah, yeah. Right.
3: Remember so I So. The Jim, so the one thing that I learned as a head coach, I didn't know anything about offensive line play, so I had to learn. And and, and I underestimated how important your center is and what his job is and how difficult it is. And, uh, you know, I tried to put Richie on the bench. And, and, well, yeah, I do uh, Richie, remember that now, yes. Yes. And, uh, and, <laughs> and I was smart enough to figure it out quick enough. That, that we need to have Richie in there. Yeah. Well, guys, look, we'll do a couple more minutes. I want Tom to ask
5: a question, and we'll close with something here real quick. But, Tom, I know you had something else you wanted to run by these guys.
0: Yeah, it's not really much a question, more more of an observation and a message for them. And, and talking to you guys, or retired players, uh, either through the show or bumping into them in town, you know, something I think is important. Uh, Cincinnati, in some respects, uh, I think some of the message – And sports culture is run through one particular media outlet. Who that is is not important. But you guys need to know from the fans, you guys are appreciated. So many of you are respected. You do so much for our community. And there is nothing as special in this town in my life, and I'm old now so I can say this, is when the Bengals are winning. And that 2005 team was so special. You had this town so fired up. And when the day comes – and I think the foundation is there. I think it's coming sooner as opposed to later when the Lombardi trophy does come to Cincinnati. It isn't just going to be uh, for the guys in that locker room that day. It's going to be for all the Bengal alumni. And you guys are remembered. You're appreciated. You're respected. And I appreciate you making time time for us tonight. Yeah. Hey, guys, look, I'll tell you,
5: we'll finish with this, man. I know you guys got to drop off. But look, man, our our – as a fan base, you know, we we can we can be on social media all day and bitch about stuff, right? The Hall of Fame, not doing what they should be doing with our, our legends. But I can say what's in our control, guys, is that I can tell you, as long as we're around, your legacies will never be forgotten with this team and this organization. Uh, that 05 team was one of the most special teams uh, to us as a fan base in the history of this organization. I know you guys don't feel that right now from the fan base, but I'm telling you, there are thousands of people watching right now and that 05 team was very special and, and i can promise you this your legacies will never be forgotten by this city by this fan base no matter where they're at in this country and across the, uh, the world because there's the uh, fan base uh is
8: international
5: for sure guys so Jim, um uh, uh, uh,
8: i tell you guys all the time and i know i know john is on instagram and he's something on twitter you know, john is a big time sports agent right now um but Brian Simmons just joined Twitter, and Shane's real big on, on social media along myself. But I tell these guys all the time, man, um, you guys, are, since 2020, me, me, you guys, you all go so hard for not only the current players, but the former guys so much. And there's so many guys that are not on social media. So these guys don't get a chance to see the love and, and, and input you guys have. And the Bengals are not listening to the fans right now on social media. You know tom you know i tell you guys all the time man i love you guys what you guys do for me um uh, what you guys doing for all o- the guys like Corey and ocho and and takiyo and, and obviously the two kennys and guys of that era but guys these guys marvin even with you marvin you know and on twitter we, we we go we go super hard for you guys and people are responding saying stuff like they know marvin started the foundation of this current bunch to, to, to start winning because before oh five I can say, we was there. Like there was, there was no culture of us winning. So having you guys like that, man. These, 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 guys here and several more people, thousands of more, a hundred thousand more fans on Twitter. They go super hard for our, our guys, man. They love the Bengals and they, they do remember us. So thank yeah. you guys. I appreciate you and love you guys, man.
5: Man, it's cool, man. Because it's, it's interesting, man. As a fan base, I know Shane. I know you left the team on a, on a kind of a crazy note, and uh, Levi's back here. You Let's know, pop Levi back on. So, uh, so you left on a kind of a crazy note. You didn't think the fans would ever love you or talk to you again. Corey Dillon, man, I I sit in section one fifty eight. That last game that he played, he, he took off his his uh, his uh, shoulder pads and threw them to a buddy of mine. He has his, and I know Corey felt the same way. Like, man, this this will never love me. I never want to talk to these people again. Yep. But yep. You, you don't know. Uh, I know Shane knows now because he knows he's loved and he's missed. And and I hope Corey. I hope he sees and hears some of this stuff too, man. But you guys are part of Cincinnati football history, guys. Every one of you guys on this screen, you'll never be forgotten. We will always fight for you guys. And, and uh, man, we appreciate you guys being with us tonight. I mean, it, it really means a lot to a lot of people watching this right now.
12: Well, there's there's a reason why I wanted to retire as a Bengal. And, and, I, and I was so full of pride, you know, wearing fan stuff. I've never been able to truly be a fan. So being able to throw my gear on, watch the game, have people over – get loud and yell at the tv like i don't remember ever really doing that so yeah. uh I, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that culture.
5: well let me let me let's go through the we're going to do a round the horn we'll go we'll have everyone you guys make a closing comment but coach lou uh you see uh shane's jerseys back there he played for like 27 teams so he probably, <laughs> you know so so he's got a bunch of jerseys all over the house but Shane, now we appreciate being with us. Be uh, Brian, uh, kind of give us your closing comment, whatever you want to say, Big O.
1: Yeah, no, that that season was a very good season, and obviously the, the 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 best thing about playing football is the friendships that you gain, and and and, and being able to do something like this, like me seeing Levi and, and JT hadn't seen those guys in a while, and, and Shane and Richie, and then we can just come here and connect as if we just had practice yesterday, and and that's the best thing about football. The people that never played it before don't understand those kind of friendships that you gain by being in the locker room with guys and going through the things that you go through with them. Yeah, Good stuff. Uh, John.
11: Um, you know, I just want to thank Marvin. Uh, I, obviously we're all on here, but, you know, Marvin brought me to Cincy and, um, you know, I remember the first day he called me, you know, first day of free agency and, um, you know, I had not thought of Cincinnati, but once he did, It was a wrap, you know, and and we had our little conversations. I was visiting other teams and just his word meant a lot to me. And and when he came here, uh, I knew we were going to be okay. And, you know, he brought all of us together um, and he did. He has a lot to do with his team now. You know, he even though it's different players, I think he uh, he made his imprint in the front office. He made his imprint on an organization that allowed them to take the next step. Uh, you know, when he decided to leave. So I definitely want to thank him. And I think, I don't think the fans know what he did for us as players and for this, you know, this city and his vision for, for this team. So, like I said, I just want to thank Coach Lewis, thank all the players that we played with. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of guys in years, but it's like like Brian said, it feels like we just stepped off the practice field. So appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, that's awesome. Coach Lou. <laughs>
3: Oh, I, I just think, you know, to reiterate what these guys said, I was so blessed to, to have this group of men and, and the other guys we mentioned, we talked about and uh, just what they did. I mean, they grind and, and they and they laid it on the line for, for each other and was so blessed. You know, people talk about for 16 years, how many, how few different coaches I had, my assistant coaches. So many of them stayed with me. Hell, there's a lot of them still there today. And and I was blessed because of these guys, the environment and so forth and what they did and, and, and how they sacrificed and so forth. So it's been just tremendous to watch them grow as men and fathers and so forth. And uh, it, it's tremendous.
5: Well, Hey, before we get to Willie, hey, we got TJ. Hey, TJ. Hey,
4: hey, hey,
9: hey, <laughs> always late. Hey.
4: No, no, no. I'm <laughs> see, look, see, I'm about to turn my camera. I'm always supporting the kids. See, I'm always, y'all see where I'm at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always supporting the kids. Supporting the kids. Oh, we love
8: you. You always you tell you. That's me. Random, Hey, that, That's, a, that's a random
4: football field just showed up at. No, no, no. I went
9: straight. <laughs> yeah, he pulled up.
4: It's, it's my nephew playing. My nephew playing. There hey, Marv, he a, he a six one corner. Y'all going to offer him, guarantee y'all will next year. <laughs> 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 yes.
5: well, well, a, a PG, we won't keep you very long, Big Dog, but hey, tell say quick, tell a quick story about something you remember most about that 05 team.
4: Oh, man. It, it's PG, PG, PG no, PG. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Willie, why are you sitting up in your jersey, bro? <laughs> we we all know who you are. We uh, all know how you look. Some folks, some folks, some folks don't. Some folks don't.
8: <laughs>
4: nah, you, I'll, I'll be honest about that team. When, when, I, when I think back on that team, it's really crazy how you just take a lot of shit for granted, man. Meaning, we're good, we're young. It's a guarantee we're going to be good next year. And that just didn't happen. But if we go off that year, I'd probably point to... The plays, we're, we were good that year because we're good on offense, but our defense was, they were so opportunistic getting turnovers. And that, to me, was, that was the reason we played well. And I tell people, Big Willie and Levi, we seven-step drop, no chip, um, no nothing. It was block your guy. And that, that was a big reason. the defense and our tackles, they, they could hold up with a seven-step drop without any help.
5: Yeah. So, so TJ missed all the stuff, man. So you guys can take a shot at TJ right hey, now. Why? Go. Somebody take a shot at TJ. Come on. TJ always nah. a- uh,
3: Who? who, who, who who's, Shane got it. Shane who got, it. The, Shane the, flames, got it. Right? Who the flames? Like Levi said, with the frigging towel, with all the stuff
4: all the time. TJ. It's TJ. It's TJ. It's
8: TJ. <laughs>
4: <laughs> nah. What, What, Willie? Nah. I I, I said earlier on,
8: I said... In the huddle, TJ stood beside me in the huddle, and I'm trying to I'm,
3: I'm trying to block my guy and keep him calm and keep oh, him in peace. Shut up, TJ. You don't got to block him, TJ. You're gassing up, you up the
4: opponent. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't – I, I could not help myself, and I, I was like that the first day I got there. I, I really was. <laughs> the first day – when we had Dick LeBeau there, I don't know how many guys – my first day of practice ever, I got in a fight and funny. Dick LaBeau hey. sent me to the locker room and I'm like oh I'm about to get cut I I it was, right. that's just I've always been that way Stay um mad, Marvin. but for the most no. part I I I would like to think that I meant well um for the most part I was a team player even though I could never get that uh, first parking spot, like Shane Graham with his Lamborghinis and Ferraris in the front of the uh, parking lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Show up early work. Show yeah. up early work. You
12: get the first spot.
4: Yeah, get up, get up early. I mean, but we had, honestly though, when Marvin got there, I, he changed a ton. I give Marvin a ton of credit. I mean, he brought guys like JT in that that was used to winning. B Sims was always the leader, real quiet, but. Would talk shit if need be like he wasn't like we had we just we had so many good players we should have done a lot better than what we did and now that i'm retired and you just you see why certain teams don't win regardless of the talent see somebody just made a nice catch so the crowd going hey i'm at this youth football game right i ain't going to say nobody's name He's supposed to be a first round pick. Daddy out here trying to fight everybody. I'm like, what Yo, sir, round, bro, what
2: are you doing? about to the first round. What are you doing?
4: Yo, text me his name.
8: Text me his name,
4: bro. Like literally, <laughs> hey, they, they stopped the game for like 20 minutes. I'm like, what is this dude doing? No lie, true story, just happened. That's why I was getting on late because it was a commotion. They about to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Never a dull moment. Uh, uh, you can help him out, teach. Hey, Marvin, I got a guy for you right now. I'm looking right at him. I got him one. He's <laughs> a sophomore. I'm telling you, that was the corner.
3: Well, I, I, I ain't going to be around for no sophomores out here They shoot.
4: Me. Hey, you know what? Well, hey, you, the you, 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 can help, you can help your friends out. This is my last yeah. ride
3: in college football because I, I can't deal with this NIL shit. Hey, can't <laughs> deal
4: with it. <laughs> hey, Marv, you, deal with it. you know what you do, Marv? Just start a company and pay them through that company. I <laughs> you guess. can do it. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> that, that, that is it's the, it's the, it's the most amazing shit. <laughs>
9: uh, I
5: so, Levi, I'll let you let you, gotta, you say your thing about the 05 team. We'll get the wheelie. Really, we'll get you guys out of here.
9: So, most people know I, man, I was drafted and came in in that 0-2 season, and that was some rough times. I mean, we were 2-14. I mean, there was one point, I think, up until, like, the 10th, Game we were like 21 points from being undefeated. It was just a lot of, it, it was rough. It was real rough, and I don't like TJ said. I don't think Marvin or Coach Lou gets the credit that he deserves. He came in and made a lot of necessary changes. He he made a lot of necessary changes. I mean, from the personnel to the culture to how things were ran, how things went, and I mean, it was changes that needed to be made and. Like I said, like TJ said, I wish we, I mean, he wished we could have had that run a little longer. You know what I'm saying? But you know that '05 season, I mean, it was it was just everybody going out there making plays and holding up their end. You know, we we were all good teammates to each other. All tried to take care of one another and. I mean, we played hard for each other. We knew that if somebody was going down, everybody was fighting to try to get back out there because we want to get there and hold up our end for the next man. And, I mean, that set that team and that culture apart, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I love that. Hey, can I say something real quick? Hey, Marv, I want to give you some credit, too. You know, once I start coaching, I caught myself using – some of the shit used to say to us or some of my <laughs> kids. <laughs> I caught my, I'm like, Marvin used to piss me off with somebody says, and here I am. So. And I was still, hey, nothing good happens at 12, after 12 o'clock, and okay. no means no. No means no. No means no.
8: no. <laughs> yes no means maybe. No. Yes means maybe. <laughs> yes mean uh, uh. <laughs> maybe.
9: Hey, hey,
3: it may be me. get magnified in today's culture, bro. It's oh not in now.
4: I hey, you imagine, can if imagine. Social media was out. I cannot imagine when we were playing. Oh, in- oh my god!
8: <laughs>
4: we would have had a reality TV the whole year, For real. Jim,
8: Jim, Jim. One, one of the funny. One of the funny. It wasn't funny, really. But a good thing he did was Marvin would bring in on Monday morning. He would bring in and say, "Yep." Your goal is not to be in USA Today on Monday morning, and we show all the guys on USA Today who, who got arrested over the weekend. Got arrested. <laughs>
12: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: Don't be this guy right here. Absolutely. Now, that 06 you kind of tested the limit, but you know. but
11: <laughs> the 6 <a 0-6> reunion, <laughs> a different
8: show. 0-6 reunion, different show. <laughs> different show. But nah, man, I uh, I enjoyed everybody, man, and, and I hope I'm, I'm hoping and praying everybody can make it out. Particularly the '05 team, man, to the um the Ring of Honor deal because like, you, know, you guys changed my life, man. You know that that whole era, um, with that Marvin started because like I say, I waited for a long time for us to have a team full of guys who were just ready to go into these Pittsburghs and Baltimores and 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 not get punked out. You know what I mean? We didn't have enough guys and we didn't have enough we didn't have enough coaches, culture, whatever you want to call it, until Marvin brought that in and brought guys in who. We we were going these fights not with just four or five guys, but a full you know twenty two guys and, and probably more than that with our mindsets, man. And um, that '05 team, you know, I remember the next year '06 we played Denver, and before the game, Levi was getting shot in I think in both knees. I was getting a shot in my foot. Dwayne Clemens was getting shot in his in his his um his shoulders. I think J.T. You were getting a shot, and the Niggas was this damn big. The needles the, needles were, the needles were huge, and we all were like. Holding towels, biting down towels, like yelling. And we were laughing like, yo, look at the shit we go through to play this game. But we only were playing that game because of yeah. the culture Marvin had built. Like, guys, I know for a fact, BC, you know this, in the mid-'90s, guys were tapped out. You know, I'm sorry. I love a lot of my guys, you know what I mean? But um, um, guys were have tapped out in those type of games where guys, multiple guys getting shot up with needles to play in games that you, you, you know we need as a team. So – um i love the fact man he brought that mindset and i i'm, I'm hoping on um uh, you know september 29th week four all you guys can make it out man and um come support me because without you guys i, I don't be where i got to and, and and my name is not where it is without you know my teammates and coaches and what you guys all done for me so love y'all man i appreciate you and um uh, you know that's what it is that's all man. thanks so that that game that thursday night game willie um uh,
5: our, our, our tailgate, we had a couple thousand people across the street from the stadium. Um, if you guys want to stop by and say hi at the tailgate, man, we'll, we'll take care of everybody and their families and and go from there. But TJ, if you can still hear us, big dog, and
7: yeah. hey, you're the
5: last one here, you get you get to finish you get to finish the episode for tonight. Say whatever you want to say in closing. No,
4: no, for me, it's it's really you go to Willie and B sounds They were there before we all got there, and, and so they endured some things that i remember willie telling me they had jock straps and him and kajana connor offered to buy them just like things that they endured and they had to go through i i thought it was normal you know and and marvin when when coach Lou came in he changed so much and it was baby steps and and we we wanted to run and, and it was crawling changing steps and so where the Bengals are now, which I believe they're in a great position. I don't believe they'll be what we were really good and then they just fall off. I don't believe that's gonna happen. But a part of that is because Marvin set a standard there, and all they have done is run with it. And so you gotta give Marvin his credit. Um, Big Willie B Sim. He brought JTM for the leadership. And and Sugarfoot shit, he made a lot of uh Tough picks for us. Yep. And, and Shane Graham always had the fucking nicest cars. It was washed every Sunday before the game. Nobody would in Shane Graham to the stadium
10: Sunday morning. That's a fact. Nobody.
4: Nobody. Four hours before the game, as soon as we finished pregame meal, I was out.
5: Well, guys, hey, look, we'll cut it here. Bobby, uh, Bobby Williams was been trying to log on. He's having some issues logging in. He just wanted to tell you guys that he hated not being here for you. And Rich Brand was here earlier, TJ. He just texted telling you what's up, man. So, uh, look, guys, uh, I'm, t- I'm going to say it for the last time. You guys mean a lot to so many fans across the world. Uh, this 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 05 team was a team that really captured the heart and minds of a lot of Bengal fans uh, it, it, for this team. But we love you, and everybody out here misses you guys. So, I'm, I know right now a lot of people watching are excited to see you guys all together on the screen at the same time thank you so much for being with us, guys. We, hope we got to see you next Thursday night.
1: Appreciate it. See you guys, man. you Sorry I was late, guys. Love all y'all.
9: See you guys. See
3: you guys. Love y'all. We'll be there. Appreciate it, There you go. We play USC that week. I'm gonna go right to L.A.
8: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. You got to stop by uh, yeah. uh, by Jill's tailgate, too. So, the tailgate is yeah, crazy. Yeah, we right. got you, buddy. We got you. We're right yeah. across the street. Um, okay. fo- 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 I, fo- just, folks let 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 in.
5: Still, I just
3: texted you. Yep, 929. All right, bro. I love you.
5: All right, I see you. Bro. I love you, too, though. All right. Willie, you mind just asking us, asking you one more question?
8: Go ahead. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not doing Man. that. Man, what, what
5: so you haven't seen some of these guys in a while, right? You talk to them, text them every now, but that's what's the last time you seen them all on the screen at the same time, or at least
8: face to face. I've seen JT and and and, and, and B Sims, obviously. Um, haven't seen Levi. I talk to Levi all the time. Haven't seen Richie. Just found Richie um, about a year ago. I Just found him. Um, um, I was helping his son with his recruitment. He has a son that plays receiver and, and linebacker, who's very talented. Um, And I would see Shane on Instagram, you know, and Twitter. So, but the main thing to me is all these guys haven't seen each other. And some of these guys are not in our big group text. And um, you can see their faces. I wish the other guys had gotten on, like, you know, fan favorite and and group favorite is Justin Smith. It would have been a totally different vibe if Justin was on here. You know what I mean? Um, So, unfortunately, he can't. But hopefully during the season, we can have these guys back on, man, uh, because the stories are plentiful. And once they get around each other, even, even with, with, with Big Bobby Bob's, uh, oh, yeah. once these guys get around each other, the stories just flow, man. You know, what I mean, they, they flow, and uh, I love these boys, man. And I, I'm hoping everybody can see in, in, in this video that you know, the love we all share for each other.
14: Yeah, yeah. That was a fun.
8: Well, Willie, brother, we appreciate you being with us, man. It
5: means a lot. Uh, I'm glad, glad you're feeling better too. It looks like you're feeling better. I am, man.
8: I am. I'm, I'm still, I'm still coughing up a bunch of crazy stuff, but. I feel ten times better, and um, you know, all is well. All right, brother.
5: We'll, we'll see you. Take care, brother. And if we don't talk to you, we will definitely see you at Thursday night football for sure. I'll talk, I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. No doubt, bro. Thank y'all, man. All
7: right, see you. Thank you. Really? you safe. Thank you. Big shout out to Willie. There uh, did all the legwork getting yes, all, all those guys. That was that was awesome. <laughs> Keep shoveling.
5: Whew. Dude, they were they were all asking who the special guest was going to be. They didn't know. So when they started talking about
14: Marvin, I was like, please don't say anything bad about Marvin. Like, bad about Marvin.
5: Like, oh, <laughs> oh,
14: man, oh, man, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then just as we're rapping, TJ comes on. So that was unexpected as well, which was cool. This is like two weeks in a row we've
5: gone over an hour and a half. <laughs> this, one, this one was way better, though.
14: <laughs> yeah, I, unfortunately, better, like, I, I got an email from ESPN halfway through. They saw the amazing transitions of the show. Uh, and I've, I've accepted a job with ESPN, so <laughs> I will be back here next week. Sorry, guys. Uh, what do you? Is that for the uh, water polo or what are you talking nah, about? No, just the my, – my fingers are sore from all those clickings of <laughs> windows back and forth. I'm on my laptop, so I can barely see everybody and everyone – Willie starts talking. Brian starts talking. Shane Marvin clicks in. I'm like clicking away like crazy. I'm like, I'm playing online slot machine over here.
12: <laughs> I'm really glad we had the veteran doing that. I would have been completely lost tonight, James. Thank you
14: so much for saving me
12: and saving the show. I didn't
14: save nothing.
7: You know, I, I think what um, I think Willie touched on a good point there of, you know, certainly his NFL career speaks for himself, but. He had a lot of great teammates, coaches along the way, and, and for him to to welcome everybody to the Ring of Honor induction is, is pretty special. And hopefully a lot of those guys and teammates and coaches will be able to uh, come to PBS um, for the Thursday night game and 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 honor him because man, what a what a great guy. We know what a great player, but you can just see how much love he had for his teammates as well.
1: yep Yep.
5: Tom, give us your thoughts on that, man. That that was that was a lot of fun, man
0: you know what we we were nervous uh, last year and it, and it was fantastic we we always talk about how great the Super Bowl 16 special was and it was and we, we Jimmy you and I talked about all week about you know how are we going to duplicate the chemistry and the feelings that team and those guys had for each other I think it's the best show uh, we've had and those guys those guys made it for we had the right guys on uh, they were on the right frame of mind you can tell uh, you know the brotherhood they had. So that was that was outstanding. It's great to see him, and it's you know another part of uh, Cincinnati sports history and Cincinnati football history. There are those that can try and cover it up or try to you know kick dirt on on Bengals history as much as they want, but it's special. Those men are special, and uh, they'll they'll live forever. So it was great having them on tonight,
5: Caleb. Caleb, you you this was one of the your favorite teams, I think, right? One of your growing up, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean,
3: anyone
12: anyone my age i mean i'm 32 this year i mean so we were you know young when this happened but i mean most of the fans at my age this is the reason that they're the fans that they are this is we were buying chad jerseys we were buying hushman's out jerseys like this was the team that did it for most of us and obviously uh you can tell we all hung on so uh it's uh it's been quite pride. and i mean i I can honestly say that it's, it's 100% because of this team. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, t-
5: uh, if you could, Caleb, uh, while you're doing this, can you put the uh, in the chat area the www.BangleGym.com so people can click on that if they want to order some, some merch. Um, so next week, guys, uh, as, to- as Caleb puts that in the chat area, so next week we're doing a very special uh, Hall of Fame show. The 27th, before the show next week, um, the senior class gets
0: narrowed down to, we think, 12. Is that right, Tom? Sure, yeah, it's scheduled to be 12. So it's important this week, flood social media. Ken Anderson, Ken Riley, have their backs. Get them out there as, as much as you can. And we're hoping next Sunday to be uh, talking to some some voters and, and perhaps a historian uh, about their chances of going ahead and advancing and getting in the Hall of Fame this year. And hopefully we're not bemoaning the fact of why are they not the final twelve and why aren't they moving on? Yeah, but, so we, uh, we are going to have
5: we're going to have Jeff Hobson on. Uh, at least one of the senior Hall of Fame voters will be on with us, and in a in a history a historian as well. So uh, next we'll week, yeah, next week's going to be a big episode. We may have a couple Hall of Fame voters on. I will tell you, next week we're going to do something a little different. Uh, if you are not watching on YouTube, next week we're not going to stream live to Facebook or Twitter. We're only going to be streaming to YouTube next week. So it's very easy. You go to YouTube, go to Bengal Gym and Friends uh, YouTube page, and make you, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. You can set reminders, the whole nine yards. But next week is going to be a YouTube-only show. You need help doing that. You can send messages to us. We'll be able to help you. But it's a pretty simple process, right, James, for somebody to do that? Yes, sir. Yep. yep. Guys, that's it. Uh, James, uh, James, anything you guys want to say in closing? We're going really long again.
14: Yeah no I just think uh, huge thanks to Willie I mean it's the the friendships that uh, you know you guys have been able to form through the tailgate just the opportunities that's opened up and you know Willie said it when in his closing remarks seeing all the love from Bengals fans on social media especially on Twitter with him um, you know this this is his way of paying that back to the fans by helping helping a show like ours you know by the fans for the fans Bring on some of these guys we otherwise would never have a connection to. So um, you know, to Willie if you're watching the replay, thank you so much. And obviously become a friend of the show. And, you know, I think he kinda of smirked when you said we if I don't talk to you before the Ring of Honor game, he kinda of, kinda of smirk like he knows be you'll be talking to me. He, he knew. So big big shout out to Willie. Thank you
5: yep thanks for everybody that's watching that watched tonight we appreciate we look forward to next week it's gonna be a lot of fun and we're hoping we get ken anderson and ken riley in that final 12. uh and somebody's asking in the chat area about the online merch yeah you can purchase this online and all those proceeds a hundred percent of those proceeds go to ken anderson alliance and even if you go to any of the cincy shirts locations in person um that all all those proceeds go to the ken anderson alliance as well so, guys, we appreciate it. Sorry we ran long again, but I hope you guys
4: had as much fun as we did. We'll see you guys next Sunday. day everybody. who day.